0: Data Endures' final tech talk of 2020. Uh, I am Kirsten Burke, and <laughs> I am joined by an elated Shaheen Peruse, who is our Chief Information Officer and Chief Information Security Officer. And uh, Shaheen, uh, welcome to the end of 2020.
1: Thank you. This is uh, I, I give 2020 a thumbs down. It's uh, <laughs> I think we're all ready to move on past 2020. But um, yeah, this is excited to be here. Excited. That uh, getting to spend some time with the family for holidays. And uh, I'm excited for our last conversation with you guys this year and starting a new year.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Well, obviously, we don't have to uh, preach much to say that 2020 was uh, a year that turned out very different than, than going in. Uh, uh, case in point, uh, when we had our company kick off in January of this year, our theme was agents of change, that really we are able to operate as agents of change for our clients and customers who are really struggling with digital resilience. How how much change uh, happened this year and so much of it unanticipated? But I think it really brings up the question, sheen of digital resilience. And Data Endure has really built its business um, and serviced our customers around the idea of helping them uh, attain digital resilience and maintain that digital resilience. And so I'd love to talk today about what digital resilience means on the the tail end of this year where personal, professional, organizational resilience was tested like never before and to really understand... uh, Has anything changed? You know, what's changed and what's stayed the same?
1: Yeah, fundamentally, um, uh, digital resilience as we define it has not changed. Uh, It's uh, digital resilience at its most simple form is the ability to survive and thrive in the middle of any attack. And that attack could be a uh, hacker. It could be a weather uh, situation. It could be systems failing. It could be any number of things, but it's not... Uh, or it could be a pandemic, as as the case may be. But the idea is that we need to be able to continue doing our business and excelling at what we do in the face of any kind of ad- adversity, if you will. And um, but digital resilience, more um, if we look at it formulaically, is really the combination of cyber resilience and business continuity. That that's effectively what makes business uh, business continue to operate. You need you need to be secure, but you also need to be able to recover if uh, if that security doesn't stand up the test of time. And so fundamentally, by uh, by that definition, digital resilience has not changed. It's it's the same. We're still doing the same kinds of things. What has changed is uh, we moved our edge so far out away from our castles and we can no longer defend it in the same way. Defend our endpoints, our users um uh, our constituents in the same ways we used to defend them before they're now in their home offices and you know i've I've been equating that to they're living in their straw shacks all around the castle and they can't get into the castle walls anymore and while our crown jewels are safe all of our people who are protecting the crown jewels their houses are susceptible to fire to floods to everything Um, and in the cyber world that is, you know, compromising their credentials, accessing their email, uh, compromising their endpoint, stealing customer data, any number of those things. So because of the massive rise in ransomware um, that happened starting in March of this year, everybody shifted heavily to security. So um, it's important to go back now and talk about digital resilience is not just security, Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: security plus business continuity. If you can't recover from an event, it doesn't help how good your security was or how mediocre or how poor it was. It's the mo- obviously the more secure you are, the better you are. But because of this shift to, uh, caused by the pandemic of 100% of our resources working remote, everybody jumped in straight into security and didn't spend too many cycles thinking about business continuity. And I think it's very important as we go forward into 2021 to be thinking about now that we've changed the way we view security now that we've instantiated or instituted new policies and procedures and even potentially tools or services to close the security gaps what's next to make sure we can continue to operate and Mm -hmm. um and i think that's where the business continuity conversations start to come in business continuity has shifted over the last decade significantly we we used to just be able to back up our stuff
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, and you know some some would put their tapes in their trunk and call that safe. Others would send it off to, you know, safes that are underground in Iron Mountain and everything else. But um, now our data resides everywhere. Our data is also distributed. So similar to what has happened to our workforce in a completely distributed model, our data is becoming more and more distributed. And so while the challenges are more difficult in terms of how to close the gaps and, and get digitally resilient, The conceptual need to be digital resilient and the the, um, methodologies to get there are still consistent and stay the same. It just means we need to look at it differently because of the way the world has shifted from underneath us.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, I heard an interesting quote the other day, Um, uh, the person said, whoever controls your data controls your destiny. And I thought that was so interesting, right? Whether it is on a personal level or a corporate level. And um, I think there are so many tools out there that just instinctively someone might say, oh, yeah, we're, we're good. We got a firewall. Or, oh, yeah, we're good. We got this. But when you really think of it in terms of not only what is your data, but what, you know, where is the value in what data and what is most important to you and and honestly, what's the worst case scenario? And are you able to defend against that worst case scenario? And and to your point, um, it's, it's protecting, it's being able to protect, being able to identify, being able to uh, defend, being able to recover. It, it's such a gamut of, um, of areas that you can't solve it with one tool, you can't solve it um, with a silver bullet, if you will. And so how is one to, to put that package all together?
1: Yeah, there's, um, there, there's one particular slide that uh, when I'm speaking at conferences, that's been less and less these days, <laughs> but uh, when I'm speaking at conferences or doing online events or, or even in some conversations with customers, there's a security landscape slide that we use, which basically is highlighting that there's today over 3,000 different vendors providing security products. And uh, and the backup market is starting to look much the same, getting very scattered with the number of backup technologies. And then the challenge starts to come in from the security side. What we always say is there is no team unless you're Apple or Google or Facebook that has hundreds of security employees that has the bandwidth to do the research and development to figure out. What are the right tools to use out of these 3000 vendors? And do I use one vendor or do I use six vendors to accomplish all the right tools in the right mix? And um, that's really what we bring to the table for our customers is we do that research and development that a team of a much larger size would do for one enterprise. And we fractionally give customers access to that knowledge and the, the experience and expertise. But the backup world is starting to become the same. And I'm talking about backup because business continuity at the root of it is is mired in how you protect that data. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we're we seeing all kinds of technologies coming out, really cool technologies for backing ups, but they're, they've started to become silent, and it's the same kind of challenge that's happening. So some are really good at cloud backup. Some are really good at VM backup. Some are really good at VMware versus Hyper-V. Some are really good at backing up physical infrastructure. Some are really good at Oracle. Some are really good at Microsoft SQL. And so, it's you, again, you get into the state of, I don't have enough time. My backup team is usually the least expert people in the in the organization. It's the worst job. Nobody wants it. So I don't have the time to do research and development on the best backup technologies. But whoever controls your data is king. Yeah. <laughs> and so you need to get your head around um, how to protect that data so that you can be the one controlling the data, so that you control your own destiny. And if a ransomware event hits, you have the ability to recover in seconds or minutes not days or weeks or in some cases we've seen customers recovery taking almost a year um, to get back to full production so business continuity and disaster recovery is a critical piece and it's getting just as mucky and and uh, confusing if you will for lack or complicated as the security space has become
0: what would you say you talked a lot about um you know, the different vendors that you're looking at for this, that, or the other. Um, we do see organizations um, out there who are saying, hey, we can do these five things, right? So instead of your having to go to these five vendors, use company X and, and we'll cover these five areas for you. Um, in theory, that would be very nice, um, but I think uh, in reality, no matter what industry you're in, there's always that question. Well, if you say you can handle all five of these, are you really good at all five or are you only good at one and you're just kind of good at the four? How would you talk? And I think we found some examples of of that just in the last week. What do you have to say to those folks who are saying, God, I just got to keep it simple, right? I'm just going to go with one vendor to do all of this for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to handle it that way.
1: So it's, it's, um, exemplified by the what, what I said a few minutes ago people are overwhelmed with what's in the marketplace and they really are looking for a more simple answer something that you know i don't have the time these guys have spent the time and integrated these solutions together the problem is that most of the time when one manufacturer says they can do n number of things they've usually gotten there by acquisition and those tools aren't actually really integrated and those tools aren't necessarily all the best in breed for their category. They were just what, you know, they were just the companies that would sell their technology to somebody else. Um, and uh, we often know that there's technologies that are amazing that won't sell because, you know, the the founder either isn't experienced enough to know that it's time to sell, or the uh, they they believe they can make it bigger because they've done it before. And so good technologies often end up uh, standing up as their own over time. What what the problem is, though, is that I always liken it to a a Swiss Army knife. It's um, you can definitely use it to open packages and it's really good at cutting that twine. But I wouldn't try to open your wine bottle with it. The cork will get destroyed. You'll break off the corkscrew inside the cork bottle. The tweezers, eh, eh, you know, they're okay. They'll get the job done. If you got a splinter, I'd rather get some real tweezers and do it. But each of the tools there, it's got, it's got, you know, it has anywhere between three to five functions to 20 functions, depending on the Swiss Army knife you have. But none of them are amazing. The sharp is not, the, the knife is sharp for, you know, the first week you're using it. The the scissors can't cut paper after two or three times. It's, you know, they're, it's cool. It's it's really cool. It's like a cool gadget. And that's the way I liken right now, the XDR vendors. Everybody's claiming they do XDR, which is really detection and response across your network, your endpoints, your users, all your platform. What's really happening, though, is that a lot of the EDR players are calling themselves XDR, when in reality, they are not doing anything but endpoint detection and response. And it's a new moniker that they can tag on to themselves. And um, we we are announcing our XDR offering early in 2021. Um, uh, I'm lovingly calling it Dexter. Kirsten and I are fighting over that, but Dexter, Dexter is coming, and uh, it's uh, the notion is that you have to have network detection and response. You have to have um, managed detection and response. You have to have endpoint detection and response. You have to have DNS protection and response, and you have to have email security and response. If you're not doing all of those layers, you can't call yourself XDR because all of those are vectors in the environment. So it's that same thing where it's very easy to go pick a single partner that says they do this new cool thing called cloud. But as we've seen over the last couple of decades, cloud has evolved and changed and has many different uh, perspectives to it. And clouds have come and gone. And, you know, we're left with the top three clouds today. Um, and the same kind of thing will happen with XDR. It's it's an evolution. We have a post right now on LinkedIn, if you go look it up, that talks about the evolution of um, endpoint security through to XDR. And, um, and I think it's critical that when you're evaluating technologies, um, you don't let the exha- exhaustion or vendor exhaustion more specifically uh, accelerate your decision-making process. Um, look at companies like us who uh, take best-in-breed technologies, not from the same vendor, and and integrate them together and bind them into a managed service that does what the intention of that service or offering or capability is supposed to do, and does it in the right way with the right tools, and then doesn't lock you into a manufacturer, because that becomes the burden of the managed service provider. If, um, if our endpoint detection and response tools um, aren't best-in-breed next year, uh, then we will swap them out in a heartbeat and at no cost to our customers. We, we need to make sure we're delivering the best service possible so you're not going out and looking for other vendors or manufacturers. Um, I had an interesting customer conversation uh, last week, which was um, you recommended this particular endpoint solution to us, and now you're telling us you have your own EDR offering. Um, and it was three years ago we recommended that solution. And now, now you're offering... Your own EDR offering, and it's not powered by that solution. So, how on earth can I trust that you're not going to just switch it out on me again? And I said, but that's that's exactly the point. The landscape is shifting. Um, these vendors are leapfrogging each other's in capability and and uh, efficacy. And if you own the tool, if you purchase the tool, and you're maintaining it yourself, you have to continuously do the research to make sure that tool is still doing. What it should be doing and is best in breed in its category. In contrast, our EDR offering—I'm not selling a tool; I'm selling you a service that is endpoint detection and response. And the tool that powers that endpoint detection and response may change over time, but you're still going to get the most effective endpoint detection and response solution in the market. And and that's really the the shift that I try to get um, many of our customers and our listeners to think about is you don't you shouldn't be building a research and development team to find out which products the right product that's that's a waste of your time that doesn't help you sell one more product you should focus your energies on how to make your customers experience better how to make your sales experience better so that you can drive to the bottom line of your company directly and leverage commodity services like what data endure is offering um we we are offering enterprise capable services that any large enterprise would build themselves, but in a commodity subscription pricing model.
0: So in, in hearing you talk about this just now, one thing that kept coming to my mind and, and back to this concept of digital resilience, and in particular, what we saw this year, which was people having to move very fast uh, and accommodate a lot of change quickly. Uh, the thought that keeps coming back to my mind is time, right? Uh, whether it mean, whether it's time to value, meaning we gotta make sure our people can work tomorrow in a very different place, or whether it's time to detect, or whether it is recovery time. When you think about this whole, um, whole realm of, you know, cyber resilience to business continuity, time is such a huge factor and the time that it takes for someone to have to try to figure it all out and implement it and make it happen. Um, When I think about Data Endure, one of the things uh, beyond providing assurance, selling assurance to organizations that work with us, um, we're also selling the value of time and the time that they get back in all of those different realms. Um, what, What would you say about that?
1: The only thing that is fixed in life is time, everything else is a commodity. The only thing you can't get back, you can't get more of, you can't do anything of is time. So any any solution, and, and we talk about our services being all about time. It's all about giving time back to our customers. Um, anything you can do to not use that specific fixed asset of time in the wrong areas is going to help you accelerate those areas that need that time. And that's that's really the value of what we bring to the table in terms of our managed security services. There is um, while you could there's nothing that we do that any organization out there couldn't replicate. Given the time, money Mm -hmm. and resources, they would be able to build what we did. The, The question I put out there is why would you want to and what that rather than doing that, look at the time to value for your users and your customer community and how you can get your customers things more quickly, how you can generate product more quickly and efficiently, and how you can get your employees to do their job from anywhere more effectively in a secure way. And that's really what our Dexter offering, or today we call it Forfecta, is really bringing to market.
0: So as we wrap for our last tech talk of the year, um, forward thinking, 2021, uh, quick thoughts about where we go next.
1: So um, I'm a big believer in continuous improvement. And uh, in that context, uh, there's, while we spent a lot of cycles on the controls this year on how to protect ourselves, and I don't mean data indoor, I mean the the world, We mm-hmm. we. Um, the world has really shifted to holy cow, my edge is distributed. I need to put new controls in place to protect that distributed edge. What that didn't do is it didn't really uh, come with a continuous improvement model. Which is, the controls are there for protection, but the controls aren't there for closing gaps. So compliance is an area that that we need to think about. So we have now put new controls in place. So all of the compliance that we thought about before, which means, you know, a user can't connect to the network unless they X, Y, or Z, that has changed. So now the compliance has to change to match that. Um, But also uh, things like vulnerability management. What we used to use for patch management isn't necessarily going to work now that people are working out of their home offices. What we used to use for software distribution Will, may not work because of the same problem. Yeah. So um, uh, if, I, if I flip on my CTO hat and remove my CISO hat for a second, some of the things we're bringing to market for 2021 um, is uh, continuous configuration management, which is really designed to close that gap I just talked about. But then we're also looking at secure access, secure edge, uh, which is basically providing, Um, uh, firewalls as code, as opposed to having to worry about the physical infrastructure. What if the firewall protected every end user, no matter where they are, instead of having to be behind a physical location? Um, So some of the things we look at, which customers should be looking at, is following some of the models that Amazon put in place, the concept of security groups, which is ultimately micro-segmentation. Um, and taking micro segmentation to heart in the in the notion of how we go about thinking about our distributed networks going forward, moving the network into a as a code or in the cloud offering as opposed to the traditional router switches, firewalls that we used to think about. And then ultimately um, uh, the business continuity conversation. So if your if your backups have not changed and evolved to meet the way the world is shifting being able to protect your office 365 g suite salesforce as well as your erp system that's on premise then you've got to reevaluate what you're doing for backups if you're today using six different products to back up your environment now you've got a huge increase in um, uh, defects if you will that can happen because your team doesn't understand all six of those products so Business continuities. I think the next, um, the next area to start putting some attention into. Um, ransomware happens, the ransomware market keeps growing. It's uh, targeted in 2021 to be $6 trillion uh, impacted business to businesses. So um, if you don't have a solid business continuity and disaster recovery plan in place, um, there is the risk that ransomware will impact you in 2021.
0: But we wanna end this on a happy note. Um,
1: don't ask me about security then
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I, i i i it's been great uh as as challenging as this year has been um i appreciate our being able to continue to connect every month and hopefully the things we've been able to offer our audience have been helpful or insightful as all of you have been going through the challenges of this year Um, We do wish you a very safe and happy holiday. And uh, we hope that next year on one of these tech talks, Shaheen and I will actually be in the same room again. So I think he's grateful of that because I didn't make him unwrap packages this year. But uh, we will be back in person some way, somehow next year. And um, Shaheen, happy holidays. And um, thanks to everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2021. Happy holidays, everyone.